Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. How many of you have enjoyed this series on Back to Basics? Has it been a nice refresher? Has it not been so right on point from Pastor Chris? Well, you know, as I got ready for this message, I was like, okay, all right, God, we, we're going to have a great time. We've got this. God knows what we're doing. You know, we're back to basics. We all need refreshers. We all need to go back to basics. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you about being a strong believer, how to be a strong believer, because how many of you know that it's as we get ready, I want to talk to you about your daily routine. I want to talk about how you can be strong in your daily routine because your future is hidden, you see. It's not hidden from you, though. It's hidden for you. You see, your future is up to you. Whatever you have and whatever happens in your life is not an accident. And you know what? It's not necessarily always God's will. It's in your hands more than you know. And I want to talk to you about where you can find this daily secret. It's in your daily routine. That hidden secret is in your daily routine. It's what we do on an everyday basis that determines the life we have today. It's what we do because just like I read in Galatians, if you sow to the flesh, you reap of the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you reap things of the spirit. And you'll become stronger and stronger and stronger spiritually. You know, today I wanted to enter, like, to the Rocky theme song. You guys hear it in your head right now. You know, you hear the song in your head, right? And, and I just think, every does that not invoke a picture of strength and endurance in your mind when you think of Rocky and you think about him running up all those steps, you know, raising his hands above his head? You know, because, again, I think as strong believers, when we know and we understand it takes a daily regiment, it takes daily things that we put into practice to determine how strong we are and how victorious we are in our everyday life. So today I'm going to talk about creating a training regimen in our spiritual life. The thing is, is we train and we should train well because it takes work, it takes effort, and it takes discipline, church. And sometimes we don't want to do effort, work, and discipline. Sometimes those three things are things we do not want to do just because it takes time. But I promise you, when we look at these tips, they're going to seem very practical. But let me just tell you, if we produce these things in our life every day, we're going to produce supernatural results in our everyday life. So the first tip, everybody say one. Our first tip to be a strong believer is to control our thoughts. So thoughts, Whew. this is a heavy one, right? You have to ask yourselves, are my thoughts healthy or are my thoughts toxic? Because you see, the mind, the body, the spirit, they are all interconnected. Your thoughts, what do they do? They affect your words, which affect what? Your health, your prosperity, your joy, your peace. And every area, every other area of your life, it just trickles down. So it takes, it, it takes effort. But it's worth the time to perfect controlling your thoughts. And to control our thoughts, we need to look at two things. First, we need to look on meditating and meditation. And then we need to look at taking those thoughts captive or casting down wrong thoughts. So let's look at a couple of scriptures. Let's go to Joshua 1 and 8. We're going to read the New King James Version here. And it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So notice the word meditate, day and night. Meditation um, 
it's all about taking time to envision the promises of God until it becomes a reality inside of you. Again, I'm a visual learner, so I get a lot of pictures in my head trying to envision. Like, So when I have a promise from God, I picture it working in my life. I meditate on it. And, you know, back during the times when we were doing prayer and fasting, God really downloaded on my heart to meditate, to meditate on God's word, to, to get it inside. And I was like, meditate? Well, God, I, don't I already do that? But I was like, one scripture a week, I change out my little sticky note at the office that I can see every single day, and I meditate on the word. Why do I do that? Because as you meditate, you renew your mind to the truth of God's word. And what happens is, is it changes you. It, it refines you. It helps you to respond correctly to every situation that presents itself in life. Because let me just tell you, life presents a lot of situations that if you don't have your mind renewed according to the word, you won't know how to react. You won't react in the right way. You won't react in the way that's healthy because you have to renew your mind to the word of God. And when you let that word mold you, when you let it reform your thoughts, you'll know what to do in any situation. Guess what? Word equals wisdom. Wisdom will operate in your life. Wisdom will cultivate you. You'll deal wisely with the affairs of the world and adopt courage and strength. Because you'll have confidence to do whatever the word says you can do. No matter what other people say, no matter what other people think, it won't matter. You can become a master through, of your thought dominion by meditating on God's word. To meditate doesn't mean you just hear it. It's not about just hearing it today. It, it's, it's about focusing on it. It's about contemplating it. It's, it's about giving it special attention in your life. That's how you enlarge your capacity for faith. That's how you do that. That's why most, the most spiritual people you'll ever meet meditate on the word. They meditate on God's promises. Because real faith is built in the word. There's nothing that works better. We meditate daily. That's a regimen we should have. Dig deep in it. Meditate on it. Feed on it. Then the word becomes like our, like just like natural food becomes part of our body and gives us energy, right? Because when we eat food, we process it, gives our body energy to function. The word, when you put it in your spirit, it gives yourself and your body energy to function. Because it feeds. When you feed on the word, you only act the word, even though you may want to act on other things, as you begin to meditate on the word, it makes it easier to act only according to the word, right? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. We're going to read this in the Passion Translation. There's one part in here that makes me want to run around the room, so I'm not going to because we just won't right now. <laughs> But doesn't mean you can. Now, the word just makes me want to do that. It just, it really is so powerful and so true that when you look at this word, how God gives us the exact tools we need in order to live this life, it's just amazing. So this is what it says. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons, which are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Here we go. This is the part I have highlighted. We can demolish. Everybody say demolish. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that oppresses God and break through. Listen, every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. Here we go. We capture like prisoners of war. Doesn't that paint a good picture? Every thought that insists that it bow, and that it bow to the obedience of the anointed one. And since we're armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. What? 
I, I want you to notice here that Paul doesn't one time mention the devil. He did not. What he did mention, however, is me and you. Because what he says, he says you can demolish every fantasy that opposes the word of God and insist that it bow to the obedience of Christ. Because the devil comes in and what he tries to do is plant thoughts and lies in your brain. And if you don't demolish those wrong thoughts, it's only a matter of time before the devil starts using those thoughts. And it creates a spiritual and a mental stronghold in your life for the purpose of keeping you in bondage. But if you demolish those thoughts and you capture them like prisoners of war, they can't hold you any longer. They can't keep you in bondage anymore. Because no matter what kind of thoughts they are, you can take authority over them and you can cast them down. So quit listening to the lies of the enemy. Quit listening to what he's saying. Bring them down. Bring those thoughts into captivity. Pull down every mental stronghold. Pull down every emotional stronghold in your life. Using the weaponry that God has equipped you with. So when your thoughts wander off, and church, they will. They will try to lie to you. They'll say, you're not going to get healed. They'll say, you're going to die. They're, they'll say, you'll never get promoted. But how do you capture those thoughts? How do you cast them down? Guys, you resist them. You answer them. You never let a thought go unanswered. You say, no, I'm not taking that thought. That's not what the Word of God says. That's not what the Word of God says. Remember, you have to erase and replace some of those thoughts through meditation. You have to replace and erase those thoughts through, through, the, through the pulling down of strongholds, through capturing those wrong thoughts. This is a daily habit that helps you become a strong believer a strong believer. So as you take every thought captive with meditation, with pulling down those things, another thing, we're going to stay on thoughts for just a moment, is we have to choose to think on the right stuff. The right stuff. Because it's easy when life is yelling at you all the wrong stuff. So now we have to put our focus on the right stuff. Let's go to Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. Good? You guys good, right? Listen, thought life, that's how we become strong because it all starts here. Everything else trickles through that. Now, Philippians chapter 4 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. has so many great little nuggets. We're going to read. Here we go. I'm going to read a little fast. You guys, I know Pastor Chris is probably faster, but just stay with me, okay? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, you can underline that, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love the word, because then it just tells us, finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Everybody say, think on these things. Just a little nugget. If you have the New King James, you don't have to put it up there, Miss Ramona. But if the New King James actually says, meditate on these things. Those things which you both have learned and received and heard and seen me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. When your thoughts are overwhelming you, it's important to look at this passage. God's peace will prevail in your life when you fix your thoughts on the right thing. Thinking on good things helps to determine our thoughts through what? Meditation. And it helps to determine our speech. Because when you're thinking on the right things, now you're, okay, so you woke up in the morning and you're like, okay, point number, tip number one that she gave me is we are going to 
what? We're going to, what are we going to do? You guys remember? Well, what? Right? Meditate, right? We're going to control our thoughts using meditation. We're going to use meditation, and we're going to use casting down of our thoughts. And now we're going to think on the right things. So step number two, we're thinking on the right things, right? We're thinking on those things. Now, again, remember, I'm a picture person, so I, I see pictures of things. And I seriously think when Paul was writing this, that he's envisioning a band of Roman soldiers standing outside of a city, if you will envision it, standing outside city gates. And what do Roman soldiers do at that time and day? They kept nuisances out of the city or they guarded private places. They made sure that they stood guard over the palace. Well, what happens is I envision that peace stands like a guard. Because does not the word says that the peace of God will keep and guard your heart and mind? God's peace will surround your heart and mind just like those Roman soldiers. And it keeps dangerous nuisances out of your life and breaking into those secret special places. Because in the same way, peace keeps us from being fretful. Peace keeps us from anxiety. Peace keeps us from worry and all the other wiles of the devil trying to break into our life. Because when peace the peace of God is active in our life. What does it do? It suppresses all natural understanding and it protects you and it guards you and it defends you because nothing can compare to this powerful peace of God. Nothing can compare to that protective guarding peace that God has positioned to stand guard at your heart and your mind gates because when it operates in you, it dominates your mind and your life. And since what is inside of you is what rules you. It allows peace to rise up and conquer your entire being. It allows you to, it, it stands at that gate of your heart and it keeps block. It keeps the enemy from bypassing and surpassing and slipping into your mind because the devil may try his best to find access to your mind and emotions, but the peace of God will paralyze its efforts. The peace of God will stand guard because the devil won't have access. He can't throw you into a series of panic anymore. He can't make you have anxiety. He can't push your buttons any longer. Why? Because the peace of God stands guard at the entrance of your heart. He stands guard because the devil has lost access to your life and to your emotions because he's standing guard. This is something that we should do daily. Let that peace of God choose to allow peace to stand at your heart gate. Because God's peace is what will stand there. It's God's peace that will show you. That's a daily habit. How many of you know if you let it go more multiple days, you could be like, man, three days later, I still am feeling anxious. I'm still feeling worried. Why am I feeling? Call on the peace of God. Read that scripture in Philippians 4.4. Allow God to keep your mind and your heart fixed and focused. Number three, what we're going to do. Strong Christians anchor their heart through praise. Because now that we got our mind focused and fixed, right? Now we know we're... We're keeping, we're controlling our thoughts through meditation. We're controlling our thoughts through casting down every thought. We're now fixing our focus on the right thing. This is our training regimen, right? This is how we're training. So now we anchor our heart through praise. Guys, praise is a language. You know, if we go to Psalms uh, 34 and 1 in the New King James Version, I love this verse. We're going to read verses 1 and 2. Do do some scriptures have, like, sentimental value to you? Some scriptures, I'm like, that was the first scripture I memorized, or that was the first chapter I memorized, or or this scripture, what I envisioned of when I was in Bible school at Rhema, Keith Moore taught our praise life class, and he would come out on stage, and we'd all stand to our feet like we're ready, and and we would all say, six, seven hundred of us would stand on our feet, and we would say the scripture together. We would say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in in my mouth and then it says oh magnify the lord with me 
and let us exalt his name forever. And then all six, 700 people, oh, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We'd all be hollering and praising the Lord and lifting up our voices in one accord and thanking God for who he is and just together in unity. So that's what I started to build a habit into my daily life of praise. Because as I magnify God, any problem I was facing, any difficulty I was having, any depression I was going through, would melt away in the presence of his praising the Lord. Because praise is a language. It's a language of faith. It's a language of receiving. And a strong Christian is fluent in praise. We're fluent in magnifying him. We're fluent in glorifying God. Because it's a language. That's why we're called to bless the Lord at all times. Because no matter what is happening in our lives, we have countless reasons to thank God. To thank him for what he has done. Thank God for what he will do. And thank God for what he is doing in our lives right now. And if we continually have praise in our mouth, when I say continually, I don't just mean when it's good. Because it's easy to put a praise on when it's good. It's easy to go, Jesus, you're just so good today because every day you're good. Now, when you are going through it... And you have pain in your body, or you've gotten a bad report, or your finances don't look right, or you just can't get ahead, then it's a little bit more difficult. Then you got to make yourself praise. Praise even if you don't feel like it. Praise even when you're like, I feel so funky, I don't want to do it. You know, we all do that. I literally, sometimes I'm like, nope, I'm not going to listen to a, a, a book, uh, an audio book. I'm not going to listen to a podcast. I'm not going to listen to whatever kind of music I want to listen to right now. Nope, I need some praise music. <laughs> and so sometimes I have to make myself put on some praise music so that I can shake off whatever funk is trying to get on me. Because praise is the way that that happens. Because you can't just praise God when it's good continually praise him thank him because praise is an act of faith it's an act of faith if you believe what you receive and you believe that you've asked when you pray you'll thank God for it which puts a praise on your mouth praise can manifest in many ways praise says I know it's coming even if I don't see it Praise allows you to say that. I know what's coming. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you because as strong believers, we know that there's a connection between praise and strength. You ever gone into praise and just felt zapped? Like, oh, I just, I don't even know if I can make an effort to like worship Jesus. Let me just patty cake a little bit. Let me just... Praise the Lord. And then how many of you have started doing this, and then before you know it, you're, you're really praising, right? Because sometimes you got to get out of your own way. Sometimes you got to get that flesh out of the way and start to praise him. And then you start feeling that spiritual strength in your life, and it starts producing that strength in you, that, that ability in you to, you know, oh yeah, here it comes. Oh yeah, I don't have to deal with that junk anymore. Oh yeah, I don't have to be in a, a funk anymore. Oh yeah, I don't, ha I don't have to listen to what that doctor's report says. Oh, his report, I believe. Yes, Lord, right? Bring it, bring it, because praise keeps you, your, your, your spiritual strength up. Because it helps you. It keeps your heart anchored to the promises of God, even when you're walking through the pressures of everyday life. Because everyday life will bring you pressure. How are you going to handle the pressure? 
with praise. You handle that pressure with praise. You put a praise on it. So not only are we now in the morning waking up and controlling our thought life and meditating on the word of God and pulling down strongholds and thoughts that shouldn't be there. And now we're thinking on the right thing, right? Now we're, we're praising. We're keeping a heart anchored through praise. These are all powerful things. Are you seeing how they all work together to make you the strongest believer that you can be? To help produce in you spiritual strength so that you can, when you walk out, out these doors from this church that you can bring forth whatever God has for them. That's why we stay strong for the people that God brings into our lives. Now, strong Christians, not only do they keep their heart anchored through praise, but they pray in the spirit. They pray in the spirit. They pray in the spirit. It's a daily training discipline that has so many efforts or so many benefits. Okay, water. How many of you drink water every day? Hopefully. not. Okay, they tell you to drink what? One, they tell you to drink eight, eight ounces a day. I'm going to mess it up. I told my husband, I was like... <laughs> I have to drink like four of these a day or five. I'm going to take another drink. It's hot up here. No. <laughs> so water, it's good for you, right? We should drink it. When we're training our body physically, what's the first thing we do? Increase our water, right? Oh, you want to lose weight? All right, take your body weight, divide it in half. That's how much water we need to drink. That's a lot of water. Now, you think I sit down and drink five or six of those all in one sitting? You drink a little bit every day, all day, right? A little bit all day, sprinkled throughout the day. Well, guess what? That's how praying in tongues should be, a little bit all day. Even though sometimes there's good doses where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need a drink. I need to hydrate more, and I'll drink a whole bunch or... I'll chug a, little, a bottle of water and be like, okay, got one in. Now I got like 12 more to go. <laughs> right? But sometimes you'll chug a little, and I think about that in the Holy Spirit too. If you, if you picture it now to go over to the natural from the spiritual, when you pray in the Spirit, you pray all day. Man, last night, I'm going to be real honest, I woke up a couple times praying in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's all night. Sometimes it's all day. But it's sprinkled throughout because strong Christians know the importance of keeping their battery charged. And that's, in essence, what we do as believers when we pray in the Spirit is we keep our battery charged. I have an older phone. It's usually out of battery by 4 or 5 o'clock. Okay? So it's, I love my phone. It's great. I'm going to talk nice to it so it doesn't break. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, but, but I have to charge it in the afternoon. Well, sometimes, does anybody get a 2 o'clock slump? I'm the only one that wants to take naps now in the middle of the day. <laughs> you get a 2 o'clock slump. Well, sometimes if you get a 2 o'clock slump, go pray in the Holy Ghost. That will recharge you. It recharges your spiritual batteries. Because while we're praying in tongues, you pray in the Spirit. You edify yourself. That means you improve yourself. You uplift yourself. It strengthens your spirit and helps you build up your faith. Because the powerful part of praying in other tongues is that it allows you to pray above what you know in the natural it takes you into a spiritual realm. And it opens the door in your life to revelation to wisdom, to instruction, to encouragement. So I'm going to ask you if during the day you need a little wisdom, if you need a little encouragement, if you need a little instruction, pray in the Spirit. There are so many benefits to praying in the Spirit. I'm going to go through a few of them. Even though we're all on the same point, I'm going to give you a couple reasons why we pray in the Holy Spirit so that we can be strong because praying in tongues allows you to directly speak to God. Did you realize you're speaking a heavenly language? Did you realize that when you go, that you're speaking straight to God, that he hears you? Well, how do you know that? Well, 1 Corinthians 14 and 2 says that. It says, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will only be talking to God. 
since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysteries, mysterious. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. Guys, Woo, that spirit language. Thank God for it. He knew what he was doing, didn't he, when he gave us the Holy Spirit? Because when you pray in tongues, you're praying God's will. You're praying directly to him. It allows your mind to get out of the way so that your spirit can communicate with your heavenly father. Praying in tongues keeps you in tune with the spirit. Acts 2 and 4 says, in everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability, this ability. Guys, it's a gift. It's a gift from God. It allows you to pray that perfect will of God by empowering you to pray in the Spirit. And when you pray in tongues, you're yielding to the Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of you. You're allowing that same Spirit to pray through you so that you're in tune with God. Not only does it keep you in tune with the Holy Spirit, but praying in tongues strengthens your spirit. How many reps do I need to do, Holy Spirit? How many reps do I need to do to be strong today? What do you have in front of me? Because 1 Corinthians 14 and 4 says a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the church. You're strengthened personally when you pray in your prayer language. You know, I think that's one of the greatest revelations you can have is that it does strengthen your spirit. It makes you stronger. It helps you to lead a spirit-led life on another level. And then, of course, last but not least, on at least my point for this little section is that it, it allows you to pray even when you don't know what to pray for. That has got to be my favorite. Because there are so many times when I'm like, ah, just God, I don't have words. I don't even know how to address this. I don't even know how to handle this. But guess who does? The greater one who lives on the inside of me. He knows. Let's go to Romans 8 and 26. Romans 8 and 26. Man, the Holy Spirit is so good. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit, he prays for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and expressed in words. Because even when you don't know how to pray, you can still pray in tongues you can trust the Spirit on the inside of you to pray the perfect will of God, regardless of your situation. Okay, so imagine this. Again, I'm visual. I'm going to go, I'm going to paint a picture for you. Imagine you walk out your front door, maybe you walk out your garage, walk out your townhouse, your condo, apartment, and you see a giant boulder blocking the exit for you to get your car out. Big. Large. Okay? You're thinking, okay, I walk outside, I see this big boulder. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm certainly not going to try to move this. Sean! Honey! Can you come move this rock? Right? That's my first step. So first I defer. So let's pretend Sean walks out. Can we pretend Sean walked out and saw the boulder? This will work better for my story. <laughs> so Sean walks outside, and he sees this giant boulder blocking the car. And he goes over. My husband is a pretty strong man. Okay, he's very strong. And I can see him trying to push this boulder with all his might. Push. He cannot move it. He tries the other way. He goes around the other side. Maybe I'll roll it this way. Right? All you guys are like, hmm, how would I move the boulder? Right? Push it from this way. Okay, maybe if I push, you try from every angle. You cannot move this boulder. So what does Sean do? Well, he's not going to call me. But he's going to go to my neighbor's house, and he's going to, on the door, and he's going to say, hey, neighbor, can you come help me move this? Then our neighbors are going to come outside. They'll probably stand there and look at the boulder. 
Hmm. How should we move this? Okay, let's do it together from this way because it looks like it's going to move better from here. So they both come to the boulder, and they're getting ready to push it, right? And they go to move it, and it starts to move. So then together, they're rolling this away so that we can now leave, right? They're pushing it together. They move it. They, they grab a hold of it. That Both of them together, they grab a hold of the boulder, and together, the two of them press, and they're able to move that boulder out of the way. I immediately think, when I, when I have that image in my head, I hope that it conveys to you a powerful idea of partnership and cooperation in removing an obstacle because the Holy Spirit is that partner that we can call upon. The Holy Spirit is who we call upon to help us remove obstacles and things that are in our way that are there because the Holy Spirit literally becomes one with us, one with us with the task of moving that obstacle because in the midst of our weakness, when we're inadequate to get the job done, the Holy Spirit says, let me grab a hold of that hindrance with you. And you and I, you and I will push it against it together until it's moved completely out of your way. Wait, wait a minute. You and the Holy Spirit together can remove any obstacle out of your way. In this way, guys... I want you to see it's a two-fold partnership between you and the Holy Spirit. Because when that becomes a revelation to your heart, when you realize that your prayers are not something that you're responsible for alone. You're not responsible for them alone because it forever will change your prayer life knowing that the Holy Spirit can come beside you and partner next to you so that you two together can accomplish what God has for your life and remove any obstacles or strongholds and stuff you cannot do yourself. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's able to remove them because we work together with him he partners with us to remove weakness when we're not able to remove it ourselves. God is so faithful. Thank God. Because as we pray in the Spirit, it does something. It, 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 just, it just does. It builds us up. So not only are we controlling our thoughts through meditation and pulling down a strongholds. Not only daily are we fixing our thoughts on right things so that we produce the right harvest in our life and the right things in our life. Not only are we anchoring our hearts through praise, but we're praying in the Spirit because there's a strong connection when it comes to praying in the Spirit. Let's look at number five. Everybody say five. Five training tips. I said there's one new one for every day. So guess what? You don't have to be overwhelmed to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't do all five of these. Guess what? Tomorrow, wake up and say, I'm going to control my thought life today. And then Tuesday, I'm going to fix my focus on the right thing. And then Wednesday, I'm going to anchor my heart through praise. And then I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost on Thursday. And then Friday, I'm going to get rid of baggage. Everybody say, get rid of baggage. Strong Christians get rid of baggage. So if you do those things, and then, and then you can... Switch them around or until you do them every day, right? Until they become daily habits. Because how many of you know, well, I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of person. So I'm literally like, okay, so we're all in or we're not. <laughs> I'm like, let's, okay, we're, we're doing all five steps every day, right? But they're not difficult steps because they all work together. And remember, you don't have to sit down for an hour a day and pray in the Holy Spirit. Sprinkle it throughout the day. Pepper it all day long. You'll feel a difference in your spiritual strength. Now, strong Christians, get rid of baggage. Whew, this is a fun one. Because what is hindering you from living a life of obedience? Do you struggle with a particular sin or habit or fear that keeps you from running your race? 
that race of faith that he set? If so, you probably already know what it is. And you probably have already prayed and prayed and prayed for victory in overcoming that problem because you truly want to please God. I believe we all do. We all have those little hang-ups that we're like, oh, I might need a little extra help on that one. Because every now and then we all tolerate things in our life that make it difficult for us to please him, to please God. And, you know, when we, when we aren't pleasing God, we typically aren't happy with ourselves either. So I want to read Hebrews 12 and 1. We're going to read it from the Passion Translation. I like this version. It says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So this is what we're called to do in our spiritual life as well. Because when God told us to strip off every weight that slows us down, What he is telling us is to streamline ourselves and our lives in such a way so that we can enjoy optimum victory. Okay, did anybody, do I have any track runners in here, maybe in school, or you ever ran track? I see a few, long time, okay. So so many of you, if you've never run track, like I always, I joked uh, in the 9 o'clock service that I have this app on my phone that's like um, couch to 5K, right? And it's like an app that trains you. Like every day you do a little bit until you can do a 5K. Well, most of us have watched, we understand how people run a race and okay, people that run track or, you know, in the Olympic time we watch people run, right? So imagine we're watching from home on the TV, we're watching an Olympic race and all of a sudden you see a runner that's running in a full set of armor, Would you not be yelling at the TV? What are you wearing? What is happening right now? Why are you wearing that set of armor and running around the track? There's no way that's got to, I mean, that's got to be heavy. Like, what are you, go, go back and change, you know? Like, take that off. What are you doing? Because I think that's what God says to us. I think sometimes he looks down on us running our race of faith and is like, what What are you wearing? What are you carrying right now? Why are you wearing a bag full of rocks on your back as you're running this race of faith? What are you doing? What kind of baggage are you carrying? Is it worry? Is it stress? Is it fear? Maybe it's a habit of sin, or or maybe it's unforgiveness. But whatever it is, we can make a decision right now in this room together today to get rid of it. Because it's slowing you down. Take off anything that is hindering you to run your race of victory. Take it off. Don't wear it. Let the words When you think about the word strip off or lay aside, it gives a picture not only of someone laying something down, but I say, not just lay it down. Push it far away from you. Okay, when I'm on a diet, we don't have ice cream in the house or Oreo cookies. Why? Because I will eat all of it. Okay, so not only am I laying it down, But it's not even coming in the house, okay? Like, however we have to do this, to move it away from ourselves, to set it aside, removing those things, it means that we lay it down and push it away beyond our reach. Because you have to make a deliberate decision to make a permanent change of attitude and behavior. And it has to be a deliberate one. Because removing wrong attitudes and actions from our life doesn't occur just accidentally. We must decide to change. We must decide to remove and to lay aside and to put away attitudes and actions that don't please God. That don't 
please God or satisfy ourselves. We have to do something significant with our lives. We have to choose to remove anything that hinders us from the objectives of running that race that God has set before us. We have to get it out of the way. One of the things we can do to get, those, get that out of our way is we could go to 1 Peter 5 and 7. I love this. Because not only can we strip aside sin, not only can we strip aside unforgiveness, but anxiety. I feel like watching television, I see so many commercials with people dealing with anxiety. Anybody else? Anxiety is so high in our society right now. But I love that God gives us an answer for anxiety. He says in 1 Peter 5, 7, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So often, guys, we feel burdened by the pressures of life. No one seems to understand. And most people will simply just say, don't worry about that. Or we sing, you know, the don't worry song. Don't worry. I'll be happy. Right? We sing that song. I don't worry. Be happy. Right? Yep. Thank you. Is that Lindsay in the back? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> but you do. You start to sing that song because that you, they just think, oh, well, just, just don't worry about it. But here Peter's telling us that with all the anxieties that we struggle with, everything that we deal with can be handed over to God because God does understand and because God does care for us. And he wants to support us and help us with our struggles. And many times just knowing that somebody else understands or cares helps. It helps ease the load because we don't have to carry the baggage of anxiety. I, it was so funny because uh, as I was preaching to myself the other night, preparing for the message, Sean thought I was yelling at Ethan, but I wasn't yelling. I was just preaching to myself, which is kind of, <laughs> I'm, tell, I'm telling on myself a little bit. But I wrote out a prayer because so often anxiety does hit. And when you are high capacity or you're busy or whatever the case may be, when anxiety comes, I wrote out a prayer. I'm going to share it with you because I think it's really, I know it's from the Holy Spirit. Because all you say, you say, dear God, or you, however, Jesus, Father, Lord, whatever, however you talk to him, you tell him, here are my anxieties. My God who cares for me. I list them for you one by one. And I start saying them. I tell God, these are my, these are my anxieties. Just naming them out loud changes the way I feel about them. And it gives me a renewed perspective. Okay, get back to the prayer. I know I'm, I'm digressing. So I say, I place each one of my cares into your hands. And I trust that you help me deal with them. And as I list my anxieties to you, Lord, I realize that I'm taking, making more out of some of them than I need to. So I totally turn them over to you. Now, I say totally, yes, in my prayer. I totally turn them over to you. Other problems may need more attention, and I might need to talk with you some more. But help me have new insights on how to handle them. And then I, I would tell God, it, it helps me to know that my problems are not mine alone, but that, God, you help me with my problems. You don't let me handle them by myself. Thank you for caring about me. And I just simply say that to the Lord because he truly does care about every detail of our life. And when we open ourselves up to him and allow ourselves to talk about our anxieties, you can come on and play. When, when we talk to God about our care and our fear and our anxieties, then guess what? God can help us. It, lets, it, it basically allows you to take your focus off of whatever anxieties you're dealing with and put your focus on God, who's got way better and bigger hands to handle our situations and our anxieties than our own little ones. Amen? Because if we want to please God and satisfy ourselves and do something significant, we have to remove those things that hinder us. You know... As I think about that runner and that athlete, even in the ancient world, they had to become unweighted. 
They had to strip off things. And it wasn't by accident. What did he have to do when he trained? He had to drop excess weight on purpose, right? He dieted. He exercised. He shed every unnecessary weight that he could find to shed. And that stripping process demanded his attention, his decisions, his devotion. It wasn't going to happen by accident. So it had to be through a process. And to become a strong believer, it's through a process. It's through that process. Again, what if those athletes tried to run their weight, their race with loads of extra weight? They wouldn't be able to run very far, right? But that's exactly what happens with sinful habits and attitudes with your walk with the, with the Lord. If you don't remove them, they eventually weigh you down and knock you out of your race of faith. It incapacitates you. That's why you have to remove them. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit is urging us to take a good look at our lives. And you can feel him in this place right now. Because he's urging us to take a look at our lives. And to remove things that weigh us down. And to keep us from living our best, strongest life as believers. We must be honest with ourselves. We must be honest with God. Because do you have good habits Or do you have wrong attitudes that bind you up? Mm. Are you plagued by fear that weighs you down and keeps you from fulfilling your full potential in Christ? Today in this place, together, we can make a rock-solid quality decision today to grab a hold of those unnecessary burdens. And what are we going to do? We'll lay them aside, permanently put them out of our lives. Begin to daily train our spirit to be strong. Because once you make that decision, you'll find yourself running your race of faith with such ease. Because you'll see that victory. You'll see that finish line. You'll know where God's calling you to. Because when you practice these habits in your daily spiritual training regimen, when you do this, you develop into a strong believer. Your strength of spirit, guys, your strength of spirit will cripple the enemy will cripple the enemy and ensure the kind of victory that you've always dreamed of. Because this is the life that Jesus died for. This is the life you were meant to live as a strong believer. No more mamby-pamby Christian life. No, we're going to be strong. We're going to train in spirit so that the enemy can't defeat us any longer. He wants you to be strong in him. He wants you to live the way that he meant for you to live. Let's everybody stand on our feet today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If everyone would, just lift your hands. God, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you, Lord, that as they leave here today, that they leave, God, unweighted. That they leave today, that they lay down baggage, that they lay down what they need to in order to run what you've set before them, in order to be the strongest believer that they can be. I thank you that you empower them. God, I thank you that they're able, God, to to run and be the best and the strongest believer, God, that you've called them to be. Fill them up right now where they're at to overflowing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that as they leave today, God, that you strengthen them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.